0: Welcome back to The Road to Seven with Sheila Cummins. And oh boy, have I got a good interview for you today. Today, I interview Carla Wainwright, and we're talking all about running your business and making powerful decisions, leveraging the divine feminine. If you have been feeling out of alignment or a little bit lost, or you've been going in circles, then this is an episode you don't want to miss. For more than 25 years, Carla Wainwright has been in service to women on the path of embodiment, embracing her indwelling power and connecting to the divine feminine. This work entails going deep to release fear, shame, guilt, and trauma so that she can become balanced and strong on all levels and ultimately connected with her feminine creativity, sexuality, and personal power. A former wildlife biologist and homeopathic practitioner, Carla runs a yoga studio in Prince George, British Columbia, and is the head of Creatrix, a global movement called Embracing Shakti, which focuses on honoring feminine wisdom. She is a breath worker, an earth priestess, and a healer. Carla is in a long term loving partnership with her beloved, and together they are raising three free range kids. Her desire is that women everywhere experience more ease, grace, nourishment, pleasure, turn on, and desire to become more fully realized and celebrate all parts of herself. Sit back, go and grab a cup of tea, and enjoy the conversation today with Carla Wainwright. Welcome to The Road to Seven. I'm your host, Sheila Cummins. I am an entrepreneur, a mentor, an investor, a wife, and mom to three beautiful children. Women entrepreneurs are up-leveling and changing the rules for business strategy, leadership, success, money, and impacting the world every single day. The Road to Seven is the diary of business strategy for women entrepreneurs. We meet you where you're at in your business and champion you along the road to your vision. And I am honoured you chose to join us today. Ready to go? Buckle up. It's time to hit the road. One of the things that I love most about my work is that I get to work with a wide array of women working in a wide array of businesses. And every once in a while there's a woman that comes across my bow who just stops me in my tracks and makes me really stop and think and look at my own practices and my own relationship with self. And today I get to interview one of those women. I've been looking forward to this interview for a while. Carla Wainwright is one of our members in Momentum. And every time I speak with her, she always leaves me with this nugget to think about and ponder on and explore. And I know that you will get the same out of this interview. So Carla, thank you for sharing with us and for opening us up to a little bit of your mystique.
1: Uh, Thank you, Sheila. I'm thrilled to be
0: here. So you are a former wildlife biologist and a homeopathic practitioner, but here we are talking about how you help women with the divine feminine and how you have created This flourishing and thriving business that is so needed among women around our world. How on earth, Carla, did you make the shift from being a biologist with a master's degree in conservation biology to working with the divine feminine? Talk to us a little bit about that.
1: It's so interesting because I absolutely believe that everything we do on our path is interconnected. And I certainly really believe that about my own experience. So I'm trained as a wildlife biologist and I've always, since being a child, really feeling very intimately connected with the earth and with nature, spending so much time in nature and just always being so curious and feeling so much more at home in the forest, in natural spaces than I really ever did in kind of school or, you know, those kinds of interactions. So I developed and cultivated this love for the earth at a very young age. And that really flourished. And I became a, a wildlife biologist and I did some really amazing work in the field of conservation biology with endangered species and international development. Yet at the same time, I really became more and more connected with what I will just say are like the mysteries of nature and things that were sort of outside of the realm of my scientific training and being curious about, you know, why do I feel like this when I'm in nature in this way? And what is it that I'm seeing that's not really explained by my academic education? So that curiosity was always there. And, you know, I experienced two sexual assaults in my twenties that were really uh, very traumatic and turned my world entirely upside down, which is a story that I know many women can relate to. I, I had, had a nervous breakdown and really struggled to get out of bed, to function, to just operate in the ways that I had been taught to operate. And that really led me on a healing path of wanting to really allow myself to become whole once again, to take back what I felt had been taken from me and to, yeah, like I said, really become whole again and become... The woman that I felt that I had lost. And so concurrently to doing the, my biology work, I became more and more interested in this healing path and was really fortunate to meet a number of teachers who awakened me in certain ways to the innate healing power that was within myself. And as I did this healing work and was able to become grounded once again, to become empowered once again, to actually function in so many ways in a much more alive and vibrant state than before, I really realized that this actually was my true calling. And as much as I love the work that I was doing in biology, I really felt drawn that my dharma, my soul and life's purpose in this embodiment was to help women to have that same realization and awakening that I had experienced.
0: Wow. So you started by taking courses in the feminine divine. Is that right?
1: Yes, I took courses, you know, I would study with teachers on retreat, I was kind of devouring everything I could in terms of what was available in books and literature. And yes, I had one teacher in particular in my 30s that I met her name is Shakti Milan. She's unfortunately passed on now. But her wisdom and her transmission, it was, you know, you hear that term often life changing, because really, these events do happen to us that can completely change the trajectory of our lives. But studying with her and really beginning to understand that our sacred sexuality is a vehicle for expanding our consciousness, that was revolutionary to me. And then once I actually had the experience of that, I was so lit up and I knew that this was something that I needed to explore more and share with others.
0: I love that. And I love how you're building this based on a passion that was woken in you and the impact and power that this transformative work can do. How did you make that leap to your first client? You know, you went from being a student. How did you shift to being a teacher?
1: I was really fortunate because at the same time, I was also a yoga teacher. I've been a yoga teacher for over 25 years. And so I was. Surrounded by people who were also curious like I was. And, you know, for a long time, you know, I simply just taught classes and then I started to really feel like I needed to do something that was diving a bit deeper. And so I decided to, you know, step into the world of leading retreats and working with people in a one-on-one capacity. And so I was fortunate in that I already had a circle of people that were curious, perhaps, or open to some of the ideas and the deeper teachings that I really wanted to share with them. And that first step was really about creating conversations with those people and talking with them and finding out their stories. And there's so many similarities in people's experiences, whatever path they've been on and being able to reach out to people in those ways and and connect with them and really allowing people to be seen and heard is I think what's been really monumental in my business of creating those conversations and letting people feel safe to share their stories and then for me to be able to support them in that healing journey.
0: Yeah. And I I think there's so many women who need it and I think there's so many women who need it, don't know that they need it, you know, this type of work. I'm going to go off script a little bit, but I, I really think that it would benefit the listeners from hearing how a woman who is fully connected with her divine self, how she can be leveraging that for her business? How can she be leveraging that to live life to the fullest or or be the stronger businesswoman? I, that's a pretty broad question, but I know that the work that you do is so powerful. Can you share a little bit about the impact of it?
1: Absolutely, it's a beautiful question. One of the greatest lessons I think that, what well, all human beings can learn is to reconnect with our bodies and the source of wisdom that's within our bodies. and. You know, in my experience of working with women, I really see how so many of us become disconnected, We're kind of like a walking, talking head on a body, but don't have or perhaps have lost the capacity to really tap into the wisdom of our bodies. And so when we come home to that, when we recognize that the body has this wisdom that we can listen to, this really then begins to radically shift how we operate in the world, because we are able to connect into that deeper, what's called the felt sense, that inner knowing. And then this begins to guide us, whether it's in business, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in how we raise our children, all of these things. And so when we're connected into you know, what we call the essence of the divine feminine. And we're allowing ourselves to feel rather than just think all of this. It's like there's an inner mixing or alchemy that happens that then you begin to operate from a place of deep inner knowing rather than kind of just guessing through the ego all the time. I hope I've explained that well, but the connection to the body is so integral. And it's one of those things that your mind can't really think of what it's like until you're actually experiencing it because it's experiential. It's not a, we don't think our way into the body. We feel our way into the body.
0: And that must be so hard. And I know so many women right now are just tapped out to the extreme. A lot of women have started homeschooling their kids because the schools are shut down and they're being pulled in a million different directions and they're being let go from the workforce because there's other demands on them. How can just the layperson reconnect to that ability to feel other than coming and working with you, which I know we all need to spend time with you. (laughs) That's not That's not. I don't want to bypass that. But what are some things that we can be doing? How do we know that we're feeling? The right next move.
1: Right. It's a practice, like everything. And, but it's actually. In some ways, it's deceptively simple. Yet at the same time, like I said, it's a practice where we have to repeat it over and over again, so that we become more and more familiar with it. So I think one of the most important and simplest things we can do is be connected to our breath. So as human beings, we have been gifted with this incredible capacity to breathe without thinking about it, which is great, because we need to do that to stay alive. Yet at the same time, we can breathe consciously, which means we can change our breath, we can be aware of our breath, you know, our breath can be longer, it can be shorter, we can do whatever we desire with our breath. And the breath is the most powerful transformational tool that every single human being, able-bodied or not, has on the planet. Everyone can breathe. No matter what you can do in your body, you can breathe. And if you can come into your conscious breath and slow down, that is the key. That's like what unlocks the capacity to feel. And you don't have to do it like this is not like a 10-hour practice. It can be literally one minute or less, right? Just you place a hand on your belly, maybe a hand on your heart, and just take a few deep breaths. And then notice, well, what am I feeling? Like, what are the sensations that I'm feeling? Am I feeling like tingling? Am I feeling tightness? Am I feeling ecstasy? Am I feeling anger? What am I feeling? And just allowing those feelings to be exactly as they are and just welcoming them exactly as they are. So that's just really something very simple but so profound that everyone can do is just pause, breathe, and feel. Pause, breathe, and feel. That is epic.
0: (laughs) What are some of those business moves that you've made that maybe were unconventional or would have defied logic, but you knew were the right moves because you were able to reconnect and feel the decisions being the right ones for you?
1: Well, one interesting, what's coming to me right away is as I was beginning to make this Big leap from my professional career as a biologist into really doing this work full time with the Divine Feminine and the body. I made the decision, and then the next day I got an offer for a government position with no interview. They were just offering it to me, which where I live doesn't really ever happen. It was usually a big process, and it was for a job that if I'd been offered it a year before, I would have taken. Like you would know, just absolutely taken it. However, it was so interesting because I knew that that wasn't what I needed to do. And the only way that I knew that was because I could really feel it in my body. And it also felt like a little bit of a test from the universe, like, are you really serious? Are you really going to do this? And I'll admit, it was hard to say no to that stability and something that in the past with my academic career, I'd really worked towards. But it was because I was able to actually really feel what was happening in my body and be guided by that deeper intuition that I was able to say no and then step more fully into this path that I'm in now.
0: I love that. And I think there's so much about entrepreneurship that does defy logic. I think back to that moment where the school that I'd been working at offered me an extension on my contract. And I said, thank you for asking, but no thank you. And then just felt sick to my stomach for days after. Like, what have I just done? Like, I've just burned the boat. There's no turning back now. I got to make it happen. But I think we have to go through those moments. Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. And There's never a guarantee in anything that you're doing. And I think what's so valuable about what you're saying is, but you just gotta tap in and trust yourself. Are there times where our guts can be wrong? Is it possible that we can forcibly feel ourselves into a decision, but it actually can
1: be a wrong decision? That's such an interesting question. As human beings, we think, And we tend to really trust our mind. And so we can get very confused or unclear about what is intuition and then what is the story that my mind might be creating. So, you know, can I say with any certainty, like 100% certainty that you might make a wrong decision from your gut? Possibly. Mm -hmm. However, in my own experience, it's usually because my mind has overridden. In some way, like I talk myself out of it, or, yeah, I create too many stories around like, what ifs, that it's very difficult to become clear, I think it's always important to really use your discernment, and you need to keep yourself safe. And what's interesting, too, is sometimes the wrong decision turns out to be the right decision but it's not immediately apparent. I've had many instances of that in my life that, you know, in the moment it's like, Oh, what did I just do? Or what just happened? And then recognizing down the road that actually was a lesson, or there was some really important piece that I needed to learn or integrate that becomes the right lesson, just not immediately apparent. Right. Amazing. Really what you're saying is trust
0: yourself and get out of your head and into your heart. Yeah, I'm sure that there have been some highlights and some lowlights along your journey. What have been some of the highlights that you've experienced as a result of turning down that job, which would have been an easy yes, you know, it would have been an easy yes, security, working for the government paycheck, all of that. What are some highs that have come as a result of making that move and saying, no, I'm going to follow my passion?
1: There's been so many. Having the opportunity to support and nurture transformations big and small for people has, there's nothing that compares to that, to really see someone come home into themselves and to recognize, even if it's just at those beginning stages, that, that they are enough and whole exactly as they are. And then to see the shift that has within their lives and their relationships, all of those different aspects. The human connection piece, the stories, the community, those are all highlights. I feel like I have a highlight every single day. There's something that happens each and every day that I witness that makes me so grateful for this path that I'm on. Yeah, I have no doubt that this is what I'm meant to be doing. I'm so grateful that I made that decision to take the leap of faith, like you said. And it's true. Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. And even though there are days which are challenging, I still never question my decision, which feels good. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, that's
0: an indication on its own. When you think back along your journey, are there some lessons that you've learned? Are there some some moments where maybe you were really challenged and you learned a really valuable
1: lesson out of it? Absolutely. So I will be the first to admit that I can struggle with my mindset from time to time. And reframing has been really important. So one of the big lessons that I've learned is that failure is really just a perception And it's a story that the mind creates. And many very, very successful business people had, you know, what would be perceived as failure after failure before the perceived, once again, success appears. Now, of course, like I said, those are stories because within the failure, there's successes and success has many ways that it can be measured, but reframing and seeing what I might've perceived as like that. It didn't succeed. It didn't meet my goals, et cetera, is actually just one piece of the puzzle in terms of the journey that I'm going on. So that's been a really big piece of giving myself the spaciousness to see the story for what it is and. I really like this idea of the better my story gets, the better my story gets. Tell us more about that. So if I tell myself the story that of the life or the action or the success that I want to have happen, then that's actually what begins to happen. So the better that I create the story in terms of my vision and my actions, then that actually translates into real life. Mm -hmm. And it works the opposite way around too, right? So the worse my story gets... (laughs) worse my story gets.
0: (laughs) But I don't think there's a listener here who cannot relate to that whole idea of reframing stories. And, you know, I, I think one of the most important things we can do for ourselves is separate our financial or sales results or marketing results from the value that we bring in who we are as people. And I think one of the hardest reframes, but most important reframes is understanding that your sales and marketing results are simply reflecting a process. Or a system. It has no reflection on what we're doing. And entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. That's where we have to dig into that passion and the resolve and really know and feel into the idea that our passion has to be greater than the frustration that we get from our results. It has to be worth it in the end. Carla, I know that there are women who are dying for me to ask this question. So I'm going to do it. Where can we learn more from you? How can we connect with you and soak up a little bit more of your beautiful
1: energy? Absolutely. Well, you can find me on my website at CarlaWainwright.com. And also you can find out more about the work I do with the Divine Feminine at EmbracingShaktiTemple.com. And that is a passion project of mine of really creating a safe space for women to come together, to connect with their bodies, to connect with wisdom from around the world and have that supportive community. And so that's also a really great place to start. As well, in addition to my website.
0: Fantastic. And you have a new podcast coming out in 2021. Do you want to tell us about that?
1: I do. I think I do. <laughs> So, yes, I do. I'm really hoping it's going to launch in February or March. The tentative title is called Radical Sex Witches. And this is all about connecting with our sacred sexuality. And I definitely identify with the witch archetype. So, being a little bit perhaps on the fringe, but really owning my power and really connecting into that deep essence wisdom that's within all of us. And I love the word radical, because radical just means something beyond the norm. And uh, I think each within each and every one of us, there's some piece of that radical nature within ourselves. So this will be a podcast I'm doing with uh, Leah Colin and Coughlin. And we're going to be yeah just having some great conversations about how to connect more deeply into the essence of ourselves
0: amazing. Well, these are conversations that we all need to be having, especially as women entrepreneurs, so that we can be shifting forward, really in alignment with who we are, what we're about and in connection with our divine feminine. Carla, thank you for your time today. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for taking all my crazy questions, just wanting to learn more and find out more. And you know, if you're listening, go and find Carla, you need to be listening to her.
1: She's got great wisdom.
0: Carla, thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Sheila.
0: Thank you for listening to The Road to Seven. If you found value in what you've heard today, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review. You might just get a shout out on an upcoming episode and you never know when I'm gonna be mailing some surprise treats to our reviewers. Make sure to subscribe so you automatically get notified when new episodes are released. Are you looking for a way to connect with other entrepreneurs that are facing the same challenges as you?